I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Mark. Mm -hmm. I've been saying for years that Ping help you play your best because that is exactly what they've done for me throughout my entire career. And now I've been having a look at the new Blueprint S and T irons, and boy, they are impressive. So much so... I've got the new Blueprint S irons in my bag at the moment. So what do you like about them so much? I mean, I've never seen you this excited about a golf club. Well, I could go through the specs, which are exceptional, but I won't. I will say, though, that if you're looking for more ball speed and if you want to lower your scores, if you want to mix and match and still look great, you should check them out because the new Blueprint S and T irons, they are definitely worth a look. Nice. Just book in with your local golf shop or professional to arrange a ping club fitting. Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen with some Talk Birdie to Me bonus content. So I like doing bonus pods. So do I. We spoke about books not long ago. Mm -hmm. And you and I, as it turns out, love golf books. I've got a stack of them. You've written them. Why haven't you written one, by the way? I did videos. Okay. (laughs) uh, Do you know what my video was called? Go on. 87 tips to make golf simple. (laughs) (laughs) 87? Yes. You are kidding me. That's what my DVD was called. Oh, my God. 87 tips to make golf simple. And I (laughs) promise you, somebody will have it listening. Send it in. Send I've got it at home. I'll give give you a copy, Nick. But that's not why we're here. We're here to talk to Gary Lisbon, who travels the world taking some of the most magnificent pictures of golf courses mm. if you've ever seen his latest book great golf courses of the world is a beauty it's as simple as that if you've got a coffee table and you play golf you need to put one of these books right there it's fair and square in the middle gaz good to see you thanks marco good to see you and nick nice Cheers, to see Gary. you as well do you know when we we're talking about you coming on i mentioned uh the 1991 uh official british open uh, Open, TV Open show, Championship, yeah. and you were running around with the Australian flag, and you were interviewed in it. It was fantastic. You had a great big long, you had a great big long uh, mullet going, which was hilarious. I'd love to see that because I don't, oh, I don't I, really, I, Marco. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I don't recall that. Actually, <laughs> I, I got married in 1991, and uh, yeah, I don't think I was there. But nice yeah. story. Well, it's it's you. I've no okay. doubt about it. All right, fine. Finchy, no Finchy agrees, does he? Yeah, Finchy knows about it as well. <laughs> what were you doing there? What was that about? I don't know. We can make it up. Uh, I was there for three weeks, and I just wanted to go to the Open Championship and see an Aussie win. Yeah, and Finchy well, you, won that that year. How long have you been taking photos of golf courses around the world? Oh, 20 odd years. It's, um, it was a hobby that turned into something a lot more, and uh, it's something I absolutely love. So to date, what is it? Probably about 685 odd courses, 26 countries. Wow. And the diversity of golf around the world is just so, so apparent. Mm. You know, we have got some of the best golf in the world with our sand belt, but then you go to other parts of 
the world and golf is awesome for a whole lot of different reasons. Mm, mm. So before that, you said the last 20 years, what were you doing before I was a chartered that? accountant, as oh, really? you tend to be. So I worked for, <laughs> I worked, worked for KPMG uh, okay. and I was a very bad auditor. Uh, one of my first audits, actually, Marco, was Kingston Heath Golf Club. Oh, oh, I love doing, doing that. And it, it was very exciting because we'd do the audit, audit during the day and then I was allowed to go out on the course. And wow. in an hour, I think I played 15 holes was my, wow. my greatest achievement. So, When I moved back to Australia, let's see, five years ago, um, I contacted you because yep. you run another business called Golf Select, which is all these corporate golf outings we as well. When, when did you start that, actually? Because, uh, I mean, that is it, – it's an unbelievable business, Mark, by the way. Well, you, I'm how, well aware, I yeah. mean, you run how many – we probably events? do uh, 50 to 60 events a year. Yeah, that's uh, there, incredible. Thereabouts across wow. different states and a few in- internationally as well. Yeah, I mean, and I've been along to a few because, you know, mm. we do some things no, together. Great. And it's so much fun. But, uh, I mean, you combine that with the photography, which is playing more of a part these days. I'm well, assuming it's the running the, go- the events. Well, it's interesting. We've got three main parts to Golf Select. So we've got our uh, corporate golf business, mm-hmm. which is that side that we mentioned, my photography, and golf travel. So we also organize uh, trips for golfers, whether they're coming inbound to Australia or going outbound. Mm. So the three complement each other quite well. And we've got a great team that manages each of those departments. So you've been taking pictures of golf courses around the world. People dream about it. Mm. You know, your golf books are magnificent. <laughs> and, you know, if you love golf and you, you're a dreamer, it's love the going, you know, page to page and look at these amazing places. But there's been this invention in the last 10 <laughs> yes, years called has. the drone. Yes. <laughs> How big a part of your world now is that magnificent thing going up in the air and getting some of those aerial shots? Marco, drones are, are really, really good for a whole bunch of reasons, but they're also quite challenging because any man and his dog can buy a $400 drone, put it up in the sky, take a few photos and call themselves a golf course photographer. So drones are great from my point of view because they allow me to get to different parts of the golf course very, very quickly. I can scout, put the drone up in the morning, see where the sun's going to hit and then head over to that part of the golf course. You also get a whole range of different angles. Uh, that you don't necessarily get from the ground. Um, golf is a three-dimensional sport, as as we know, when we, we play it and we, we look at it. But on film, it turns into two dimensions, so you need a bit more elevation in your shots. Typically, I'd climb up on the back of motorized golf carts or uh, or up on a t- tall ladder, but now it's very much the drone does that kind mm. of stuff. I've seen you up some tall ladders, yeah, actually, have, at the corporate outing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think a drone would solve that problem, <laughs> but... Uh, <laughs> Uh, that's unbelievable. So you've traveled the world, obviously, uh, taking photos all over the place. Now, this book, you know, I was flicking through it the other day, mm-hmm. having a look, and you talk about the drones. Um, the shot, for instance, I'm a member at the National, yeah. and I was fascinated to see which, which pictures you chose for the book down there. But there's one which you've taken from off the coastline yes. looking back onto the golf course. Mm. Oh, wow. You should see this yeah, thing. I want to see mean, it. It is unbelievable. Um, Traveling around the world, you know, this book is about more Europe, Australia, Asia. You, you're going to do a U.S. one because there's no U.S. courses there's, in this one. There's no U.S. courses, not for not wanting them in there, but mm. the U.S. courses are pretty challenging to deal with. So places like Cyprus and Pine Valley and Augusta and so on uh, don't want to be featured in these these kind of books. So I have amazing photos. Well, I think they are of Cyprus Point. For I know instance, I've seen them. And, yeah. uh, and I'm just chomping for them to be in the book. <laughs> so uh, my feeling is, well, let's do a good first book, let it sell out, which it's almost sold out, and let's then look to try and inc- introduce some American mm. courses. Yeah, well, they have to. They have to be included. Yeah, and the style of the book is fantastic. It's, it's very wide. It's kind of a 
What do you, what do you call it? Fo- it folds up. It's a panorama that folds up. So there's no join down the middle of the book. And in that way, you get to see the full breadth of the image mm. without any ugly lines through it. Yeah. And a lot of them, I'm assuming, were taken when you traveled, what was it, a couple of years ago when you went yeah, to Europe? Yeah, post-COVID, post 2022. COVID. Maureen, yeah. Maureen and I mm. visited 89 courses in 103 days Ooh-hoo. in 11 countries. Wow. Any okay. f- any favorite in particular? Oh, or? yeah. Easy. Oh, okay. Go to Norway. Lofo- really? Lofoten links. <laughs> Is that how you say that, Lofoten? You say it either Lofoten links or Lofoten links. It depends uh, who you're talking to. Now, is that the one on the front cover? That's the one on the front Ah, cover. That's the one where you get the the northern lights. Mm. You can play golf and get a 2 a.m. tea time if you want during the middle of July. Amazing. Now, a little later in this bonus podcast, I want you, and I want you, Nick, and I'm Mm going to do it too, your top five golf courses in the world. So Mm. get your mind going just at the moment because, uh, you know, the ratings – it's always been kind of Pine Valley, Cyprus, mm-hmm. maybe St Andrews or Augusta at number three. But I want yours because of your sure. unique perspective in what you've been doing. So we'll get to that later. But I'm really interested to know the real surprises in golf, you know, in, in your travels. Because I think we've all had them. You know, we've all turned up at a golf course at some stage and gone, why haven't why is why doesn't this place get yeah. more coverage? Than it does now. I imagine you've got a head full of them. Yeah, head full of them, well and truly. On our on that trip in 2022, the area that blew me away was actually continental Europe. So places like your France, like Spain, into the Netherlands, then up into Norway, and so on and so forth. We go over to that part of the world, and we think immediately of the links courses of Scotland, England, and Ireland. And uh, but there's so much good stuff in continental Europe, so that's great. Also, the other thing is we get obsessed with the top name courses, the rotor courses, etc. But below that, a second tier level, there's some wonderful, mm. wonderful uh, examples of really nice, fun golf. Yeah, mm. du- I, Dukes is one. Yeah. Dukes in Ireland. Dukes, I've, I've never yeah. been there. Yeah, I've, heard, I've heard, heard amazing things. Yeah. It's funny you say that because I used to go every year and try and qualify for the British Open. And some of the little qualifying golf yeah. courses that we got to play, like there's a little place called Littlestone. That was just, I, I turned up, to, you know, thinking it's going to be a typical qualifying course. I was blown away with mm. Littlestone. I didn't qualify. But um, I, 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 you actually, it's the golf course, um, you yeah, know, that, that open, I'm on one of those myself. So yes. we're, we're both on one. Yep. So I'm in one of those uh, official films as well. We are playing Littlestone that day. And I imagine that's why they sent the cameras out because the golf course was incredible. And there's another one. Um, oh, no. There's two golf courses that they always played. It's, it sounds familiar, but which, which Where, open was this in Scotland? Or? Um, it's not 91. It's the one Greg Norman won. So it's a oh, 90. Royal St. It's, George's. It's, it's, yeah, it's, it's 1993. 93 or 4. Yeah, and mm. it's the one that he won and they go out and they followed this kid uh, through all the qualifyings. And, of course, I'm playing with him. I've got this filthy look on my face because I've just three-putted 17 and not 18. <laughs> I just watched him hold a bomb to take my spot. So I was really, really angry. But that golf course was a ripper. You must, you know, in, in some of your travels, um, yeah. you must have a couple of just belters. Oh, there, that are, there are belters, Marco. The, the quirkiness of some of the Scottish courses like Cruden Bay, mm. fun North Berwick as well. Just stuff that you couldn't necessarily build in this day and age, but it's actually fun. And I think designers these days lose sight of that fact that golf should be fun. Yes, mm. it can be challenging, but it needs to cover a cross-section of golfing abilities. Mm. And I think they lose that um, 
that thought when they're designing these seven and a half thousand yard monsters. Do you have a favourite, uh, I guess, or it could be worst story or a favourite story because you've travelled all these different places where maybe the light was wrong and, and you didn't get the shot that you wanted or some of perhaps, uh, you know, the general managers or whoever's running these courses. Yeah. I've seen some pictures of you with these general managers and, and thinking they look like they're having a really good time out there. <laughs> have you got a favourite story like that? I think you're right. Timing is is one of the keys of golf course photography. I've got about 45 minutes first thing in the morning and 45 minutes at night. And if I'm outside of that timeline, then the shots just don't quite have that same mm. warmth and richness. It's about all about it. the shadows. So isn't it, it is all about the shadows mm. and the sun not being too high. So it's funny you say that because my wife Alana, as you yeah, know, is an yeah, artist, and right. she said it's all about the shading. You know, yep. in a person's face, I, she loves to see wrinkles and character lines, and it'd be the same on golf courses too. Two courses come to mind quickly: Barnbogle Dunes in Tasmania. I was there doing a shoot, and I headed out to Tom's Little Devil, the seventh hole yep. of the uh, original course, great par three, and I got there about half an hour too late, so the sun was a little bit too high. Planted that in my head, came back exactly a year later, noted the time and got the most amazing shot with the richness yeah, of colours. Wow. And the other one was Musselboro Lynx in Scotland, just out of uh, Edinburgh, arguably the oldest golf course in the yes. world. Uh, it's a nine-hole course that's uh, centred around a racetrack. So it's a functioning I racetrack. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I always wanted to get a drone shot of that particular course with the race course around it. So again, seven years in the making. Oh. Uh, you, you must have uh, other favourite shots, but the one that I can remember and the one that took my breath away was a picture you took at Kingston Heath of the 10th hole. Yeah, how cool is that? Now, that, that, this particular shot, Nick, the sun had just come up. And you know how you hear about on the... Um, Longest day of the year, mm. or you know, and the light shines through a corridor and yeah. lights up mm. the back room. It looks like it was one of those shots because there is just one hole lit up, and it's the tenth hole. And I don't know how that has happened, but uh, uh, that that hole in particular, Marco, it's like there's a shaft of light that just comes down again at a certain time of the year because the sun moves quite dramatically. Yeah. And so you need to be there at a certain time of the year, capture it in a certain light. And you're right, the shaft of light is straight down the hole and then left and right. So the third hole on the left and the ninth hole on the right is just covered in shadow. Yeah. So it's just it's perfect. We'll have to get that one. We'll have to put that on our yeah. socials if yeah. we could, mm-hmm. Dan, because it's the one that I just can't get over. You were there at the right time. Exactly. get the shot. It's just mm. incredible. And so often it is about that. It's about doing a level of homework, understanding where the sun's going to rise, where it's going to set, and getting a feel for where I need to be at a certain time. Fascinating for me. There's one photo which I – and I know – so you live at, on the course at Royal Melbourne, which is a pretty cool thing to be able to say, yep. uh, you know, being on, on site at one of the great golf courses in the world. But there's a photo in this book where – can't remember the angle, but it shows the clubhouse, the 18th green, and in the background <laughs> we've got the city. And I'm thinking that's got to be trick photography yeah. or something. Going I saw on that because that is awesome. I it's, thought it was trick photography <laughs> as well. Not, it's not trick photography. It's just what cleverly, cleverly using the uh, the depth uh, perception that a, a zoom lens uh, provides. Oh. So I took that shot about four east t. Got it up, and then you got the uh, you got the, the second and the eighteenth and the clubhouse, and then the city in the background. And and when you 
compressor's shot, it gives the impression that you're a lot closer than you are. Wow. But you're right, it feels like Royal <laughs> Melbourne's been relocated to <laughs> Richmond. Brilliant. With so well, many new courses going up right around the world, mm. there are some new superstars. Uh, the ones, is it in Canada? And they're on the cliffs? Yeah, yeah, Cabot, Cabot Cliffs and you, Cabot. Um, you've done, oh, sorry. Well, yeah, yeah, Cabot is wonderful. You've been there. I, mean, I haven't been haven't been to Canada. Canada would have been in this book, but COVID took care of that. So Canada is very much the next place I want to go and visit. Okay. Are there any other newcomers that you've got to get to? Yeah, yeah. The, the other Cabot course, Cabot St. Lucia. Right. Which is down in the, um, sort of in the Caribbean. That's a new core Crenshaw course that just so they're the, mind boggling. They're the two superstars yep. of, and and I imagine you, you encounter this on your travels as well. There's a, there's a thing that's live at the moment and it's top 100 hunters. And there are people who just travel the world and tick off <laughs> all their top 100 golf courses, you know. Very so much they, so. They come down now and they, they get to Royal Melbourne West and they play Kingston Heath and then they go down to Tasmania and they might come back through Victoria, sometimes sneaks in there down here. And then uh, when they go on home, they go to New South Wales and they tick that one off. So <laughs> the trip to Australia these days ticks off, what, about six or seven or eight? That it, well, it does. And uh, you'd think Seven Mile Beach down in, in Tassie, that will probably end up, Based on what I've seen, that might become a must-play. And then obviously in Tasma- in uh, New Zealand, rather. Tara Edi. Tara Edi and Tri North and Tri South. Amazing courses mm. there. So you could come back to so, this corner of the world yeah, and tick yeah. off how many in the top 100 these days? 15, 16? No, probably not that many, but uh, I'd say maybe eight or, eight or nine. Wow. Yeah. Mm. It's a good ticket to it's, get. It's a good ticket to get. And talking about ticking off those lists, there's plenty of people that have on 99 and can't get the 100th. I'll give you a guess which the 100th course <laughs> is. Augusta. A, well. Yeah, Augusta. Oh, okay. I yeah. thought it might have been one here in Australia that you can't get on. So, uh, Elliston is, yeah. uh, is the other one. Uh, Elliston, is it still is in the top 100? It's been Elliston taken out, Elliston right? has been taken out, correct. Yep. Why is that? Because no one can I access think, it uh, anymore? Ac- access, ability to access it, and maybe the, the owners didn't want it included also. Hmm. Could I ask a question? Sure. That you may not know the answer to? Sure. Why is Royal Melbourne Composite never considered in the top 100 in the world because I know the West Coast and I'm a, love, I'm a great lover. Yep. Royal Melbourne, I, I love it more than I can tell you. I, yep. I just think it's just a miracle how everything, like the stars aligned and it ended up being perfect. If Royal Melbourne West is number eight in the world, then the composite, and I mean this being nice to the West, the composite's twice as good as the West, the way it lays out. It, to me, it, yeah. why why don't why wouldn't they go? You know what? This year, don't worry about East and West. You rate our composite because <laughs> the, I reckon to be top three. Yeah, sure. I mean, there were a few years ago, maybe 10, 15 years ago, one magazine, US magazine, did rate the composite course. But the underlying argument is that it's not a course you can play every day. It's a it's a composition of two different golf courses, and the feeling is well, let's uh, let's put in these listings courses that are available on a daily basis. Mm. So you know, country club in Brookline, similar thing composite course and there's a, there's a bunch of others that uh, that use a combination of holes from different courses well but, when uh, I give my top five good, a little bit it? later I don't play to those so you're going to go composite <laughs> oh they, they, yeah I am yeah. Royal, Royal Melbourne yeah. composites in my top five that's ah, so good it's so, so good. good like when when the American players come down and they play in the uh, I think that first um, that first uh, President's Cup in 1998 I think every yeah. player on that team was basically saying if this golf course was in New York or if it was in Los Angeles then it's a top five golf course in the world and people don't seem to get that I don't think down here no no they, they don't I mean Royal Melbourne is is special beyond belief sure I'm biased Nick hey. as was outlined but uh, I just think it 
test you in every area of the game. It's a very wide driving course, so you may think, gee, I can hit this as far left or as far right as I like, but it's all very much about the second shot. A bit like Pine Valley, if you've mm. been to Pine Valley. Very, very wide fairways, very much a second shot golf course. And if you at Royal Melbourne, if you short-side yourself around the greens, you are not getting up and down uh, at, at all. You know, you make double, triple out of nowhere. So it's um, it's testing like that. Sure, the technology and all of those elements have made it a relatively short golf course, but it still defends itself really, really well when the conditions are up, when the wind is wind is blowing, and, and when Rich Forsyth has uh, sped up those greens. <laughs> Did you have a hole-in-one out there the other day? I was trying. I, I had two holes. I've had oh. two holes in one, but uh, okay. on the east course. On the east. Yeah, yes. Oh, was that uh, 12, well, it doesn't count 13? for some reason? No, it was on the east course. No, it counts. It very much counts. Uh, <laughs> well, uh, part of the east is composite. Yeah, I know. Yeah, correct. Uh, <laughs> those were non-composite holes, but uh, they still count as holes oh, in one. Oh, for sure. Yeah. Um, I, I posted on our little WhatsApp group. Mm-hmm. Um, the flyover of Pine Valley the other day. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Yeah. So that's just been released. Mm, just been dropped. And yeah. I think it's really nice, mm. you know, that they do that. Is that something you'd ever consider doing, but only doing the great Australian golf sure. courses? Yeah, I think it's something that's definitely worth doing. You need a good voiceover, man. I'm right here. But, yeah. but, oh, we've got better voiceover. Oh, but, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's sitting opposite your mark. So. <laughs> <laughs> but, I mean, is, is that so? Because I. Oh, they're great, though, aren't they? I think it's just brilliant yeah. what they do. And, and what Golf Digest did and the way they explain it, and they they fly over every single hole, mm. and they give you a little bit of history mm. about the golf course on every single hole. So it's a 15 minutes that you'll you'll treasure. Yeah. And I've never been there. Did but they, Adam, interest, I, I haven't watched that flyover yet, but did they talk about the Shell's Wide World yep. of whatever match yep. and Gene Littler and Byron Nelson? Yeah, they yeah. got and to how, mention. how Gene Littler didn't finish one of the holes. You've got to mention. <laughs> All those things got to mention. There was a par three some, where he didn't even finish, but yeah. they kept it going because yeah. they needed to record this match. And some <laughs> of the design um, issues they had up and back. and So in your travels, you would have had just yeah. 1,000 stories like that yeah. about some of the best golf courses oh, all you, over you the do. place. I mean, Pine Valley's got hundreds of stories about it, just about how difficult, intimidating it is and how magnificent it is, how every hole just fits beautifully in with every other mm. hole. And it, it, they, they often say that you could take any hole from Pine Valley and add it to an existing golf course and it would enhance that golf yeah. course. I can't think of a weak hole at Pine Valley. Yeah. I can think of plenty of scary holes at Pine Valley. Yeah. Mm. Well, that's the way they finish. You might have seen it, but the way they finish is it's the only yeah. golf course in the world where it is 18 unbelievable uh, golf mm, holes. Yeah. Unbelievable golf holes is the way they say And they've it. created uh, a second shot course there as well. They right? have, yeah. yeah. Fazio did a short course that replicates the um, the approaches to a number of number yeah. of the holes. Wow. Have you been in there? Would they let you do something? No, Pine Valley wouldn't let me do oh, it. God. No. Talk right. to a couple of the Aussie members. Here. We're going to take a break. <laughs> and uh, traditionally, this is our front nine. And we're going to be back for the back nine in a second. But the back nine's big. Okay. Because we're going to get the top five golf courses in the world from the three of us. That's next. All right. Great. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com people today. 
Now, if you haven't checked out the Golf Clearance Outlet, then you, I can guarantee you this, are missing out. And if you have, well, you know what we're talking about. Great time to drop in because with all the new equipment released in January, good old Sam at the Golf Clearance Outlet is licking his lips because the stores are chock full of 2023 branded clearance product. And you know that was a hell of a year for golf equipment, Nick. You're spot on there, Mark. There's heaps of gear for righties, of course. But as you know, I am a lefty, so there's a heap of gear for lefties Mm. as well. And plenty for both men and women. And if you're after a great Prezi idea, you can get gift cards in-store or online. So if you're looking for great golf gear and great prices, the Golf Clearance Outlet needs to be in your plans to go and check it out. See the team in-store at Melbourne, Sydney, Brisbane and Perth or online, golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. It's that simple, Nick. Can't wait. Hang on, hang on, Nick. I thought you were righty putting now. Oh, that's right. I forgot. (laughs) (laughs) Mark, you are all across Watch My Numbers. You are all over this like a rash. It does look pretty impressive. Look, one of the things I missed from my career that Nick enjoyed was having stats available. I never got it except, of course, for sand saves where I was number one. But I never got the look at how close I was hitting my five irons, where my miss was with my driver. I never got it. And it was always just in my head. I didn't actually know the facts. And with Watch My Numbers, it's no longer a feel thing. It is a factual guide to what you were doing in the game. And Nick, Mm. you knew how powerful that was playing in the US Tour. Yeah, we had what was called ShotLink over there, but I wish I'd have had this sort of an app for myself because weirdly, I was very much a field player and I kind of stayed away from the statistics. But looking back, if I'd have had this, who knows? So it's got the pro level, it's got the elite level, it's got the low handicapper, the high handicapper. It covers everybody and your stats will be assessed at your level and you'll be pushed into the right direction because of the Watch My Numbers app. It's a beauty, folks, and I highly, highly recommend it. I was on it the other day, and uh, subscribers get extra bonus content, including videos from you, Mark, doing some stuff as well. (laughs) Why are you laughing, man? (laughs) Why are you laughing? Hey, by the way, do you do it during or the round or after? Either way. Oh, really? Yeah, you can do it right there and then, or you finish your round and you put your own data in. So you might have had a 150-metre 7-iron on the third hole at Metropolitan Golf Club. Put where you hit it from, you mark where it went to, and then you've got the real-time data at your fingertips anytime you want from that point forward. Watch My Numbers helps you master your game and play smarter by using data. If you're enjoying the podcast, make sure to subscribe and never miss an episode. And maybe share it with a friend. Now back to Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. This is Talk Birdie to Me. So we're talking to Gary Lisbon. He's got his latest book out, Great Golf Courses of the World. He won't tell me how many's left, but I get the feeling there's not many. Mm, so you want to be we're quick. We're getting close. We've uh, had sales all around the world. We get people that post on their social about where the, uh, the book is. Yeah. So it's on desks in Sweden and it's in Finland and it's in the UK. It's quite cool getting those feed, that feedback. And if you want a beautiful picture from a golf course around the world, we just follow you on Instagram and follow we do. Follow me on Instagram. And what's the Instagram tag? It's Gary Lisbon Golf. Pretty simple. Yeah. And you get a beautiful picture from a great golf course from around the world. As promised, I'm going to go first because we want yours last, Gazza. Mm-hmm. Um, my top five golf courses in the world. 
My number one is Cyprus. Mm-hmm. I just was blown away. I got the play. Oh, Cyprus. you're going that way, one to five. Okay. Yeah, yep. yep. So Cyprus was my number one. It was spectacular in every way. And the way I got the play, I turned up and they put me by myself. And it was just me <laughs> and a caddy, and we hit off at five past seven in the morning. And the day went too fast. Mm-hmm. I was, I was, you know, the last three holes. I'm trying to walk slow to take it all in. <laughs> it was, it was absolutely ridiculous. Um, just everything about it blew me away, and it knocked off my number one course before that, which was Royal Melbourne Composite. Composite. So Royal Melbourne Composite to me is in front of some very big name golf courses, and for all the reasons you were saying before, and. You know, there's a bit of fluke in it, you know, just to pick all the holes that are on the one paddock because you yeah. don't know how many paddocks has Royal Melbourne got, about five We've or got, four uh, or something. four paddocks. Four paddocks. So to make golf easy and crowds manageable, they just put all these holes. They said, come on, let's just put them all on the main paddock. And when they put the holes together, it, it worked out perfectly. And the way they used to play Royal Melbourne Composite too, one to six, you're back to the clubhouse. Seven to 12, and you're back to the clubhouse. And then 13 to 18, and you're back yeah. to the clubhouse. It was sixes. And it just laid out absolutely perfectly. So I loved it. I've got Augusta at number three. Oh, really? It's too big a wow factor for me. And the tournament yep. is a player in my decision here as well. The tournament is enormous. The history is off the charts. The beauty is hard to comprehend once you get there. And if you've never been there and you love golf, it's got, it's a tick off. Yep, once you play, you might not have it in your top five. It's yeah, so hard. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, part of it, watching the play, watching you guys play it, was enjoyable. Yeah. You know, watching the struggle. I've never been there, but I've got Pine Valley at number four, and the flyover is a big. And, and what you're saying is a big part of why I think it should be at number four. It's too hard. It, it just looks crazy hard. Spectacular, yes. Um, amazing block of land, yes. But my God, there's a couple of holes where you couldn't take your mates. It, it would seriously, it would just, it would take too long. And the golf course I fell in love with uh, straight away, Muirfield. It's on the open rotation. I think it's the best links course in the world. And I think you got to have a. I had to have a links course in my top five best courses in the world. Fair call, Mark. Well done. Over to you. I'm going to go for the top five that I have played. Oh, okay. You see, okay. so okay. I can't. I, I'd have Pine Valley in there, but I haven't played it. I haven't played Murfield, so yeah, I missed okay. out on that one, unfortunately. So my top five, people always ask me, what are your top three? And I always, I never rate them one, two, or three. I just say, here's my top three in no particular order. But do I have to do an order? Yeah, you do. Okay. Yeah. The old course at St. Andrews. Feet. Number one. Number one. Just can't beat it. Amazing. It is so good. The town, Whether it's the town, the history, used to stay there, you know, on the main cobblestone street. I think it's North Road or something like that every yeah. year. And it was just amazing. The pubs at night. But the genius of the design is something so unique. When you tee off one, you're actually so nervous hitting off one, but you've got this 100-yard wide fairway sitting in front of you. You possibly can't miss yeah. it, but you're still worried about shanking it yeah. out of bounds. Isn't it funny? This one the of the burn. first tees that yeah. everybody is nervous on. Yeah. You're nervous on it. No matter how much golf you've played, oh, yeah. you get to that joint and you're nervous on the first mm. tee. Peter Thompson used to call the first the best architectural hole in the world of golf. And you go, what? The first? He said, <laughs> but it's genius. You put the pin at the front next to the burn, and there you go. If you want to take it on, you take it on. Otherwise, you go... Play to yeah. the back and you've got 40 feet, try yeah. and make par yeah. from there. It's, yeah. It is ingenious. 
and how the double greens all add up to the number 18. Isn't that cool? I that love is that. fascinating. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> you can have, I remember playing the, the, the fifth hole, the par five, I think it is, and I was 10 from the, 10 metres off the front, and I said to my caddy Wilbur, I said, what's the, num- what's the yardage? And he goes, well, you got 95 to the hole. <laughs> because the green is about 90 metres long, and it was five from the back. And it was hilarious. What did you, you do? Oh, I just hit a full lob wedge. <laughs> we were downwind. It was okay. But uh, I love the old course. It's, uh, it's right always been my favourite. Number two, like you, Mark, Cypress Point. Um, just a, a very special place. If you haven't read the match, I think we spoke about that last week on our book thing. Uh, it's one of the great books, and we'll give you a great description. Those last few holes, when mm. you walk across the road to oh. 15, 16, 17, the back of my first book, Tour Mentality, actually has a picture of the 17th at uh, Cyprus that I took, and I love that place. So yeah. understated, too. Yeah, you, you can't find the entrance half the time. You're like, yeah. well, where is this place? Yeah. So it's brilliant. The, uh, the, uh, the walk from 15 to 16 oh. is one of the most beautiful walks. Oh, I've actually cool? I've filmed my walk. Yeah, yeah, and you wouldn't believe so I was four under walking to that wall. Oh. Four under par, and then we're, what were you? And then I hit three balls in the Pacific. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't care. Yeah. I just couldn't care less. You know, it was just so good. Yeah. The next hole, I'll post that as well. Um, could if you've never been there, it's just, oh, it's just two hundred and thirty yard par three over. Yeah, the ocean. Members right. play as a par four, I think. It's par four slash par three, but yeah. it's a par three you, you can if you go there left. for the first time. Yeah. yeah. I can't actually remember the first, what I made on the score because I was just so enamored by the whole play. I probably yeah. hit one in the war. I don't yeah. know. But uh, I played there several times. I was lucky because my buddy who lives at Pebbles is a member there. So yeah, we used okay. to go there uh, the Amazing. week of the Pebble Beach Pro-Am. Uh, so that was my number two. Number three, Royal Melbourne Composite. And I good agree you. with you. It is you. so, so good. And I uh, I just wish I'd have won around there. I'm still cursing Craig Perry beating me in yeah. that playoff that year. He held year, a few so. putts on you too, didn't he? He held several of them. Anyway. Uh, <laughs> but hey, as you can tell, I'm completely over it. But that, you know, when you, when you think about courses you'd love to win at, at the top of the list for me would be Royal Melbourne and St. Andrews. Augusta, yeah, I yes. get, but those two, I mean, it's iconic. And, yeah. and when, I mean, Zach Johnson, when he finishes his career, he's won the British Open oh. at St. Andrews and he's won at Augusta. I mean, that's pretty cool, yeah, isn't it? Yeah, it's so, a Hall of Fame career just anyway. there. Uh, four, number four for me, love this place. Again, the town, uh, the golf course, incredible, the scenery, Bally Bunyan. Never been in, there. In Ireland. I've oh, only seen pictures. Played an Irish Open there and it was so, so good. The caddies used to have a competition there on the... Uh, for the week of who could drink the most pints of Guinness throughout the week, <laughs> how many? Do you, how many do you think? Fifty for the week. Yeah, how many? Oh, more hundred. A hundred yeah. pints, pints is what of one. Guinness for that's, a week. That's averaging almost fifteen a night. Oh, you would be <laughs> ill. Oh. Yeah, I think when he went to the toilet, it was coming out black. Oh, so, yeah. anyway. God. Uh, but Bally Bunyan's just an amazing golf course. Yep. And obviously, you know, the cemetery to the right, there's famous stories. It's a good about opening t shirt there, isn't yeah. it? Yeah. Don't hit it right because you're right. dead, right? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> Didn't they make uh, Tom Watson an honorary member? Yes, or something yeah, Tom, like that? Tom was really the person that put Bally Bunyan on the map because yeah. no one really knew about it 30 odd years ago. Really? He went there to practice. And he was raving, 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 raving about it, and all of a sudden, wow. it's a okay. great revenue. And My number them. five, you will have never heard of this, either of you. Uh, it's a par three course yep. oh. in North Carolina across the road from Wade Hampton called Headwaters. Have you heard of that, Gary? Never heard of it. No, I <laughs> I told you. You got me, Nick. You're you never got gonna, me. So, Wade Hampton's a great course. Yeah. I think it's top 50 yeah. in the US, uh, designed by Tom Fazio. But some of the members got together and put this par three course together across the road. They wanted a little private thing. About 30 of them put in half a mil or a million dollars each, as you do. Yeah. And they built this nine-hole par three course, which is out of this world. Wow. From a 60-yard hole to a 250-yard hole. And now i got to go look so back. 
good. Well, you can't play there unless you know a member, all that sort of Can stuff. Can we organise guests uh, to go take some photos of it? Uh, yeah, I know some members. Yeah, so uh, I think that's. Have you been to Wade Hampton? No, I haven't. Wade Hampton. That's another on the list. one. They'll yeah, be on the list. Need to get there. So once you get there, ask them about across the road, sure. about a hundred meters up. You'll never know it's there because you can't even see the gate. Yep. It is an amazing place, okay. and I might have just given away a very <laughs> private <laughs> secret. But hey, <laughs> to where all our US listeners yeah. go and have it. <laughs> no, yeah, that's I'm right. kidding. Mate, we're a long way away. Yeah. Don't worry. Exactly. About it. So Don't that's my top five. It. There you go. Right, eh? Over to you. Hard, hard act to follow, gents, <laughs> and uh, some very worthy choices. For me, number one. For a whole host of reasons, Cypress Point. I have been fortunate to have played it on a number of occasions. I've got some amazing memories, including making Eagle on uh, the 9th. Ooh. Last time I was there in, in June, drove to the front of the green, hold the putt. Wow. So great, short, masterful par four. Yep. Then that's part of the June. Part section, of the eight yeah. and nine there, yeah. yes. So the, um, the great part about Cypress is the first six are kind of wooded parkland, tree yeah, line. You do. Mm. Middle six are dunes, last six are Ocean. coastline. The only downside to Pont Cypress. Everyone's going to say the 18th hole, yeah. right? I well, kind of like I, the 18th. I, I don't mind the 18th. I, I think look, it gets a. You talk uh, about Pine Valley having rap. 18 great holes. I'm not sure that one's a great hole. Not a great hole, but, but I it, like it. It gets you back to the clubhouse. Yeah, I like it. Gets you back to the clubhouse, the drive. You need to go a long way left. You need to go over <laughs> yes. that tree. And yeah, the approach is quite a challenging <laughs> anyway. approach. But again, you read the match, and how good is that? Uh, how the, it the finished. finale, yeah. the way that it finished. So good. So Cypress Point, yeah, for those reasons, I remember the first time I played, the heart just pumps at a million miles an yep. hour as you're coming through because they've got a, a very understated sign. They've then got a nice statement that says, trespassers prosecuted will, will be shot on site or something. <laughs> Words to that effect. And you sort of think, have I really been invited here? You then get up to a very uh, small, intimate clubhouse. And then your first drive is hitting over 17-mile drive. Mm. So it's it's just special in every every and, sense of the word. And you just trust your caddy. You go, where do I hit it? Because yeah. you can't see down there. Yeah, you do. Yeah. You do indeed. So Cyprus, a wonderful Mackenzie course. Following on another amazing Mackenzie course that I'm blessed to play on a regular basis, which is the West Course at mm. Royal Melbourne. So okay. I'm not going to go composite. I'm going to go West Course because uh, uh, I love the composite, Mark. Okay, I, yeah. I do. But um, the West West for me is just an examination of every every club in the bag your whole mental mental process uh, nick you and i were chatting mm. about a wonderful round oh sorry a wonderful 11 holes that i had there <laughs> last week can i tell the story yeah, really quickly <laughs> so i was playing with some canadian friends and i was actually playing quite well i'm about a five handicapper quite well you were and uh, and i parred the first five bogeyed six parred seven part eight and i made an eagle up nine mm. now nine is a par four sort of uphill so hold a wedge so one under part 10 part 11 amazing up and down striped it down 12 and then the wheels sort of came off but i didn't choke the wheels just came off a right. little bit and shall you shall i say the last few holes weren't as good as the first, <laughs> first, first few holes. Well, I'm impressed that you part 11. That is one of the toughest part you know, fours missed, in the country. Went over the back of the green, got up and down oh, from over oh, the back. Oh, you never get up and down. It's extraordinary. Yeah. Did a bomb? No, to a back pin, hold it. No. Chip the close. Four, four, no, putted. I don't, okay. chip, I don't chip, Marco. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, number three is uh, this course that none of you have heard of, but I'm trying to tell the world about it. It's the front cover of my book, and that's Lofoten Links in Norway. Mm -hmm. Hard to get to. Hard to get to. You fly to Oslo. 
You then get another internal flight for three hours up to Venice. You then drive for three and a half hours on very narrow roads with huge lorry trucks coming in the opposite direction. And you get to this course that's open four months of the year, has the most exquisite backdrops and a really, really good golf course. It was a six-hole hobby course that turned into nine holes, Mm. turned into 18. And it just got rated in the World Top 100 by US Golf Magazine. Northern Lights in the background. Northern Lights in the background. Maureen and I walked out to the course at, at midnight one night just to try and get that. And we got the shots there. It's just just special. What's it like when you see the Northern Lights? Oh, I've, 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 it's the most amazing natural phenomenon I've ever seen. The Aurora actually, Borealis, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think it is. I think There's it the is. Southern Lights and yep. the Northern Lights, mm. but yeah, I yep. think it, that's it. And they just shimmer above you. They shimmer and they move, and the colours are just explosive. Do they look close? Because every every time I see a picture of them, they look close to me. They, they they look close, but they just get you because of the captivating way that they move a bit like waves coming into wow. uh, into into a beach mm. so you must get there hard to get to but you will not forget a game of golf there. okay all right i'll rely on your book yeah yep. number three and there's eight pages in my book on lafoten i loved it that much royal county down in northern ireland mm. Uh, wonderful golf course again great backdrops one thing i have to be careful of is i'm a photographer and i'm a golfer and sometimes i can let my the visual elements of of a course get in the way of what might be a great golf course but county down is exacting and tough and challenging in every sense of the sense of the word but when you play well there you know you have played well Mm. so royal county down and then fifth one a relatively new course in the land of the long white cloud which is Tom Doak's course at Taraiti. Mm. So just north of Auckland. I haven't been there yet. Uh, I'm heading there in March for oh, the member wow. guests oh, you will with Alana. You, How will, good. you will love it. Yeah. You'll love just the understated nature of it, the way that you can play with the same golf ball for as many rounds as you play. You won't wow. lose a ball there. The way things funnel into the fairway, and yet it can be testing as well. Ooh. So Can't wait. you'll love yeah. that. Alana will love that as yeah. well. There are people I trust who say it's the best course in the world. I can't believe mm. it. I mean, I've seen yeah. the photos. It looks unbelievable. Yeah. No, it's, but yeah. it's very, very good. Well, oh. Our friends, Mark and Ann Robinson, who are taking us for it, uh, Mark, he just raves about yeah. this place. It's unbelievable. Yeah, okay. Right. I want to give. Can I give three honourable mentions? Yeah, of course you can. No, we, we can make this, this your top five anything. Podcast. Yeah. Yeah. Right. So, Nick does it every week. <laughs> so so I, I think, and Nick's right, the old course at St Andrews, just for me, you stand on that first tee, you hit your tee shot, heart pumping, you miss the burn on your approach and you're, you're away traditional all the way out then all the way back yeah. so you may play really mm. really well someone uh, likened my round at royal melbourne they said at royal sink ports which is where he's a member they call that going out like a ferrari and coming home in an ambulance <laughs> and that's, that's pretty much what can happen at st andrews as well so to see cam smith win the 150th open at st andrews with thousands of aussies around was one of the best golf experiences mm. of my life as a golf course fantastically challenging and testing in in different ways yeah mm. different ways from the the more modern courses that rely on other yeah i mean i remember playing there thinking why is that bunker over there i'm never yeah. going to go there and the next day the wind shifts and you go oh hang on i'm trying to avoid that because you can actually play up the other fairway that's the play on the day so yep. it's fascinating very, very much so pine valley for mm. just being being what it is 18 exceptional golf holes very private environment but just exquisite in in every way and Scary, scary, intimidating as well. <laughs> Haven't been there, I can't and, and another scary, intimidating one to, to finish it off is Oakmont. Oh, so yes. So a bunch of years yeah. ago, Oakmont got rid of a whole lot of trees, and there it's been said that they could 
host with a week's notice. Mm. They could host the US Open. The conditioning is exceptional. I can test, uh, lay testament yeah. to that because I played the 2007 US oh. Open there. And on the Monday, the members were saying, ah, we have the greens much quicker than what you guys have got it this week. <laughs> <laughs> but the cut that week was, I think, 10 over. And I remember playing pretty well. Finished 15 over par for the week, and I finished 23rd. Unbelievable. That's how hard it was. Cabrera? Is Cabrera, Cabrera won, and he was five or six over, yeah. yeah. It's Ridiculous. So hard. The fairways run as fast as greens on, on many golf courses. Yes. Aaron Badley was leading either yeah. on the Saturday or Sunday, four-putted the first for yeah. triple. With Tiger. Mm. With Tiger watching every putt. Yep. He just, in fact, Tiger wasn't watching. Tiger was glaring at him, <laughs> trying to put him under pressure, and he just went one, two, three, four. Yep. I made my first par there on the 13th hole. <laughs> Did you? Took but, a while. But I had about three, four putts and a couple oh, of three putts, hardest, and I was intimidated. Hardest greens in the world. Yeah, yeah, yep. most difficult. Mm. Well, Gaz, it's been a pleasure. Great golf courses of the world. How do we get it again? Uh, get it online, greatgolfcoursesoftheworld.com. You can go on my social media and uh, order it online as well. And we ship free shipping within Australia. Price of $135. Well worth it. Oh, yeah. I got a copy on my coffee table at home. Oh, great. And I love it. Just uh, flick through it every so often. Looking at Because there's still a few courses, a few pages that I haven't flicked through. And uh, it's brilliant. I love how... A little bit of a homage to Royal Melbourne, how at the start it's basically all about yeah, Royal Melbourne, which is, is great, yeah. Royal yeah. was the first course in the book and has the most number of pages, yeah, Nick. Absolutely. And it's the last <laughs> images as well. I've just got the official film up uh, where you're running around with the flag. Yeah, okay, show me. We'll get where. you at some stage. There you are, waving the flag. Oh, brilliant. <laughs> That's you. Did you see that? <laughs> that is not me. That's you. It is <laughs> not <laughs> me, Marco. I'm telling you, it's uh. you. <laughs> Gaza, good to see you. Thank you, Marco. Thanks, Nick. Thanks, Nick. Thanks for being part of Talk Birdie to me with Nick O'Hearn and Mark Allen. And if you want to be part of the show, drop us a message or comment on the socials. Or you can send an email or leave a voicemail at talkbirdietome.com.au. Thanks to the great team at Ping. They're the best in the business and they'll help you play your best. And the Golf Clearance Outlet. If you're after top quality at prices you won't beat, check them out. Golfclearanceoutlet.com.au. Talk Birdie to Me's executive producer is Dan Bradley at Kaizen Media. Sound design, Daryl Misson at loudzebra.com. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.